Well, hi there, and welcome to our final Gab and Grow episode of our first season. We, I think we have a really wonderful episode coming on today, um, perfect for the holidays, certainly, but I think for every day, too. Um, over the years, I've been involved in lots of different workshops and things on financial management and and, you know, my eyes glaze over and my blood pressure goes up and <laughs> I can kind of tune out because it makes me anxious. But it's something that we all need to know about. And uh, it's important, I think, to talk about this when you're at this stage as a student, uh, certainly, so that you don't get yourself into a hole that you can't dig out of. And so we're here today to talk really about how to take care of your finances for now, but also how to take care of yourself in the future by the choices you make now. I think that's fair to say. Um, so we're, we're talking about that in a really interesting way through the purchase of a car. And here to help us understand this all is Sean Rochester, who is the founder of Good Steward LLC, and he runs GoodStewardLiving.com, Good Steward University, and you offer a bunch of courses around the country, I think, um, including the Good Steward Financial Empowerment Series and lots of other things. So welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you uh, so much for being here. Yeah. Um, you know, what we're passionate about, what we do is, is uh, people call it financial literacy. Mm -hmm. um, we call it personal financial management. Mm -hmm. And just providing uh, courses, books, workshops, resources on on how to manage our resources so that, you know, we can leave the type of legacy that we would want mm -hmm. uh, and to live a much more uh, enriching life. <clears throat> Part of the challenge is that um, you know, sometimes we don't have access to the information that we need. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our, our parents, our, our communities, our households are doing the best that they can, yep. but they haven't had necessarily access to that information mm -hmm. either. So they don't have it to, to transmit to us. And we're often kind of feeling our way through right. from a financial perspective mm -hmm. and learning. But that process is extremely um, expensive, that learning yeah. process. So what we do... Um, is we use a framework that we call the SOUL, mm -hmm. which is uh, SOUL is, you know, is an acronym for stewardship, ownership, and legacy, mm -hmm. right? And stewardship is about how do we manage our limited resources? Because mm -hmm. we, we all want significantly more than what we yeah. have, right? Yeah, but, but the lottery how, keeps not coming through <laughs> exactly. for me. So. We didn't get the $1.4 yeah. billion, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, how do we manage those limited resources to their highest and best use mm -hmm. to drive cash flow? Right, because at the end of the day, we got to have positive cash flow. Mm -hmm. Right. The second piece is <clears throat> how do we maximize ownership? Which is how do we take that cash flow and allocate it in ways where uh, we have a plan to drive down debt okay. and to eventually uh, eliminate it, so that the the things in our possession mm -hmm. we actually own. Okay. Because yeah. um, people have come to accept, and I think we've been encouraged to. Uh, mistake ownership mm -hmm. and possession. Yes. Like nowadays, yeah. we get to possess things ahead of time, mm -hmm. and we call it ownership. Yeah. Um, and then the final piece of that is is legacy, which is like a three-part thing. The first portion is actually having resources to leave mm -hmm. for future generations. Mm -hmm. We all want to do that and have a commitment to do that. It's actually having resources in place so that like when we decide to stop working for whatever reasons, mm -hmm. we can live in dignity, super yep. critical. 
Um, and another piece that's really important is uh, kind of as you go through life, mm-hmm. sometimes you might see something that affects you. Yeah. And it makes you want to take action to, to, to help, whether mm-hmm. it's a young person, it's a philanthropy, it's an organization, it's a great cause. Um, but if we don't have those resources in place, right. then all we can do is, is uh, kind of hope and pray that things go well. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the legacy is actually having those resources in place, which means it should be part of our plan to be proactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to give, but if you feel called to, right. you, should, you should be able to take action. So the, the, a lot of work that we do is, is how do you put that in place? How do mm-hmm. you build like a personal financial plan, yeah. take something that's super not sexy, mm-hmm. right, and make it uh, powerful and impactful um, and in some ways exciting, right? Yeah. Because now we can connect today into the future. Um, and we go through a lot of work to do, to do that. But at the bottom of it all, it's about cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. How to manage your resources to generate cash flow. Right. And anything that affects cash flow, we need to be hyper-focused on. Mm-hmm. So um, so we're going to tr- – there's a lot of things that affect cash flow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at it from a practical perspective, you, you have like – the cars that we mm-hmm. purchase, because if we if we live in communities that require cars, mm-hmm. we're going to have between seven and nine over the course of our right. of our lives. It's super critical. The other thing about cars is that they're emotional mm-hmm. purchases. Yes, they yes say, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> they say a lot about the, the about the individual. It communicates so much, yeah. right? And, and in many ways, it can help us make up for any deficiencies that we might perceive in mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. We can project that in our, in, our, in our vehicles. But they're also big ticket items. Yeah. Right. When you get get away from your house, it's probably the biggest expenditure. Mm-hmm. Right. That we're going to make. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make seven to nine of them yeah. over the course of our of our lives. So when you mix emotion mm-hmm. and all this feedback that we get from folks yeah. and then these big uh, purchases, there's a huge opportunity to get ourselves locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, to financial transactions that wind up being detrimental for us. Yeah. So uh, let's talk like a, a couple of things. You know, the average new car is around thirty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah, which um, is like three times what my parents paid for their first house. <laughs> right. So you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's it's a. It, by the way, the average um, American family makes about fifty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. So you. So th- yeah. that's a full salary after yep. tax just yeah. for a car. That's a year's salary. And that's a family of four, mm-hmm. by the way, right? Yeah. So um, the issue becomes <clears throat> most of us are not in a position to buy a car, a car outright. So mm-hmm. we've got to finance it. Yep. Um, and the financing is, you know, the three things that affect your payments. Or um, It's going to be how much. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for how long. Yep. And it's going to be what. How risky are you to the lender? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and that level of riskiness shows up in your credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit scores, the FICO credit scores right. tend to be between, you know, 300 and like 850, mm-hmm. right? They're different ranges, but that's the main one. Um, and a credit score is a three-digit number that's a shorthand version for how risky is this person, okay. basically. Um, and they're getting that information from your credit report. Mm-hmm. which is very different. That that lays out all of your transactions over the last uh, many, many years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they consolidate in that score. Here, here's why the score is a big deal. 
and this is really important for people who are in university right now, mm-hmm. um, both those who are full-time, which means you're, you're new to the game and right. you're going to be starting out and have 40 years ahead of mm-hmm. you, as well as uh, the folks who are, who are part-time who may be, when they're leaving university, going into a different earning income right. class, right? Um, <clears throat> let's say you're, you're looking at a car. It's about 35 grand. You put a small down payment on. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to finance the, the other 33. Yeah. Um, you, if it's different types of risks, there's mm-hmm. a category called prime borrowers. So roughly, if you're above like a 640 mm-hmm. and that scale, 300 to 850 scale, yeah. if you're above that, you're a prime borrower. Okay. Prime literally means like f- main or first importance. If you're below that, you're subprime okay. borrower. <clears throat> um, if you're above 780, you're mm-hmm. super prime which means like they love you, right? Get a cape with that. (laughs) And if you're uh, significantly below 600, right, you're kind Mm -hmm. of in the 500 range, then you could be in something called a deep subprime. The reason I bring this up is because 40% of all car purchases Mm -hmm. are done in the subprime category. Oh, okay. And the subprime get the much, much higher interest rate. So let's think about it this way. If you're in um, a deep subprime, mm-hmm. the average rate is around 16% per wow. year, right? So it's very mm-hmm. easy for you to get a, a 20% rate right. or higher. Wow. Um, and if you're in a super prime, like the kind of the best credit mm-hmm. categories, you could, you know, you're talking about maybe 2.5%. You can do less, right, right with, with a certain manufacturers if it's a, a new car. Mm-hmm. That's... That's a 10x differential. Yeah. That's a 10 times differential. Now, if we think about it in this purchase that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like when you walk into a dealership, they know that you have some number in your mind that you think you can afford or I think Mm -hmm. I can afford, right? It's 500, 300, 700, whatever it is. And they generally want to know what that number is so they can fit the payments Mm -hmm. to, to meet that. Now... Uh, they can do that a couple different ways. They can do it by stretching out the length of time that you're going to borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do it by the interest rate that, that you're given and obviously by how much down payment that you make. Right. Um, interest rate that you're given is going to be set by the bank. Uh, not a whole lot of control over that mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, the amount that you're going to put down, you probably have a good sense of that. Mm-hmm. So the thing you can play around with the most is the time. Right. Right. So they tend to stretch these loans out so that you can make the payments. The right. problem with that is um, the amount you're borrowing, the cost mm-hmm. of that goes way up. So let's say you're um, in deep subprime and you go to, to the, the dealership uh, and you're looking at financing $33,000 on a car mm-hmm. that's roughly $35,000. Um, you could get like a 20% interest rate on that car. Yeah. Now, and, and if you stretched it out so to fit your budget, mm-hmm. You know, it used to be repaid a car in four years. Right. That started creeping up to five yep. years. Yeah. And there are loans that are even longer than that. Right? I know. I've you, heard of some that are seven years, eight years. Exactly. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Seven, right. eight years. So So your car uh, is dead, but you're still paying. You're still yeah. paying. Right. So let's say, um, you know, you have a 20% interest rate and you stretch it way out, mm-hmm. 84 months. Yeah. Right. Seven years. So you can pay it off. Um what it means is that over the course of that time period, not only would you repay the 33, mm-hmm. but you would repay another 29. It would cost you 29,000 to wow. borrow the 33,000. Mm-hmm. So your total payments on a car that's 33,000 would be $62,000. Wow. That's right. Now, yeah. 
that is enormous. Yeah. And by the way, there, there are people who would be paying even higher rates potentially. The way we think about it from a stewardship ownership perspective mm-hmm. is for every dollar that you have to pay above that purchase price, mm-hmm. you're taking that out of your ability to leave a legacy. Right. You're taking it out of your ability to be able to maximize your ownership mm-hmm. of assets. You're taking it out of your ability to be able to retire with with dignity, right? Mm-hmm. Because that right. money is now going to someone else, 29000 Yeah. Now, in that same situation, if you're a super prime borrower, right, you have mm-hmm. excellent credit, right, above 780 chances are you're probably going to put down a, a larger mm-hmm. down payment. People in that category tend to have a little more yeah. cash to put down. Um, and you may take the same or a lower time period to pay it out. But the big kicker is your rate is so much lower. Yeah. About 2.5% in this example. Mm-hmm. The difference, right, be- between those people can be $26,000 mm-hmm. and what you're paying. Yeah. It's, it's, that's huge. It's huge, yeah. right? That's another car. That's another car. That's, Money that you can add to your mm-hmm. 401k plan. That's money you can add to paying student loans. That's yep. money that you can add to put aside for a business. It's money that you can add for your down payment on your first home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a trip that you want to take somewhere, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's money that could be done in so many with so many other things, mm-hmm. so many other ways. So if we have the ability to, to affect what our credit score mm-hmm. is— we have to make sure that we do everything in our power to make sure that that credit score reflects our actual risk level, right? right? That we're good risk. Now, um, why is this super important? Because normally there's a mismatch between mm-hmm. how big of a deal we think something is right. and how big of a deal a bank thinks something is. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, you could say, well, you know, so I miss a payment. It's over 30 days. It was a mistake. Nobody was trying to do anything. I totally forgot about yeah. it. But if you do that, FICO says on their website mm-hmm. that that could change your score yeah. by 70 points. Wow. Right? So yeah. that could take you from a 780, your super mm-hmm. prime, down to a 700. Yeah. Right? Well, that can take you from a 700 down to that small move mm-hmm. if it's maintained. Right, yeah, could cost you like ten thousand dollars over right. the course of a loan, depending on the interest rate that you get. That's why this is so important. Yeah, it's and that's ha- that's one missed payment. That's 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 just one. Yeah, right. Now, it's not necessarily that on the thirty first day your bank or lender will report it hits you. Hits a button. And, yeah. Right, they can. Yeah, but we don't want to leave it up to them. We right. don't want to be in that position. And the reason why you have these huge difference in, in rates, I think, are a couple things. One, lenders are, are, are focused on, are you going to pay on time? Mm-hmm. And by the way, your credit score, uh, 35% of it is, are you going to pay on time? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This is a big deal. Are you yeah. going to pay on time? And then there's like, <clears throat> am I going to get my money back? Mm-hmm. Because, the, yeah. the, right? So they're looking at those two things. And they call that delinquency. Okay. Is are you paying on time? Mm-hmm. People are like, what's the difference between that and default, right? Yeah. Uh, so a delinquency is is we have an agreement that I'm going to pay on the 1st or the 15th or the 30th. Yeah. But I pay after that. 
Mm-hmm. Every day after that, you're delinquent. Yeah. Right? Default is you've been delinquent for a while. Okay. <laughs> and then they decide, we're done here. Mm-hmm. I want all my money back. Yep. We don't want that to, to get to that point. Right. So that's what lenders are looking for. And what they've observed over time is that people in those higher rates, 700s and 780s and 800s, their default mm-hmm. is much lower. Their rate of delinquency is much lower. Mm-hmm. So they perceive the risk to be much lower. Yeah. So they give a significantly lower interest rate. Right. Because right? they assume they're getting it, all their money back. They, they will assume yep. I'll get it on time. Yep. And I'm going to get it back. Yeah. Right. Um, so these are these are just from like the lender's perspective. Mm-hmm. What's important. Um, and normally, you know, when it comes to like an auto purchase, it's one of the things we do before we create our budget. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you're kind of graduating, you might stay locally. Um, you might move someplace else. Yeah. And there's a bunch of things that you have to think through. If you need a car now, mm-hmm. then pretty much going to get it, get a car. It's really easy to get emotional about mm-hmm. a car. It, they look fantastic. They communicate yep. uh, really powerful things mm-hmm. and to get kind of caught up in it yeah. before we've determined what we can actually afford. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we can wind up paying a lot more. Here's something else that, that we have to worry about. All this conversation is affects your payment. Right. So that's just your monthly payment, right? Mm-hmm. That's the difference between is it going to be 500 or 700 Right. Which is a real amount. But when you're thinking about buying a car, there's, there are other payments. Exactly. There are other costs, yeah. right? And normally yeah. people focus on, well, I can make this car note. Right. It's like, yeah, but there's some other things we have mm-hmm. to worry about. For example, we have to have insurance. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, can we get a lower rate because we're using our parents' policy or – or are we just getting yeah. our own policy? But that's a cost that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to worry about gas yep. because we may be commuting because mm-hmm. we need the car. Well, if the car is beautiful and amazing, it probably is a little faster, yeah. a little sexier, <laughs> lower gas mileage, yep. higher costs yep. associated with it, right? Um, what is that going to be like? Mm-hmm. The other thing that we, we have to worry about is maintenance associated with it. Mm-hmm. If you buy a new car, then you're probably covered for the first three months or so for a lot of basic things. But many of us buy used cars, which is a terrific Mm -hmm. way to start, right? Get a used car. Um, But now you have to have some reserves for Mm -hmm. the maintenance that goes along with it. It's just a routine maintenance. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, things happen in an unplanned way. Those are real costs. Mm -hmm. Does your commute require you to pay tolls? Does your commute require you to pay for parking, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. These are all things that um, sometimes people figure out after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes yeah. a really painful lesson. Now, um, some folks are in a position where they can absorb mistakes better than mm-hmm. others, right? So sometimes you can defray this stuff if you're living at home. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about parking mm-hmm. close to home. Um and you don't have to worry um, as much maybe about your car note, maybe your parents to help you out. Yeah. But not a lot of people, uh, their parents are in a position to do that, mm-hmm. right? So what in terms of buying of the car, it has to fit within our, our budget mm-hmm. because it affects our cash flow. Right. If we only budgeted for the $500 car note, mm-hmm. those other costs we're talking about could be as great as that $500 yeah. car note. Yeah. 
right? And now that has a huge impact on our ability to invest in a 401k, right? Right. Um, and our ability to put away money for a rainy day fund um, and our ability to save for a host of, of other things. So when you put um, the cash flow impact that it can have today, mm -hmm. um, the fact that your credit score plays such a great role in the cost of the car, mm -hmm. right, um, and the emotion associated with, with the car, yeah. it becomes uh, – and the fact that it's the second largest purchase that we're going to mm -hmm. continue to make, it becomes an area that can um, uh, reduce our ability to leave legacy in a pretty substantial right. way. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, one, hearing you talk through this, one of the things that that really sticks with me is that it's so easy to watch the cash go away. Yeah. And it's it's more time-consuming to listen to yourself and to think through things. But that's really what you have mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. because, like you said, it's it's when you're buying a car, yeah, the car looks pretty and, you know, I ordered my Indigo Ink Pearl camera, <laughs> and, you know, and it's just the color I wanted and things. But, you know, what is the mileage? What are you going to have to pay for it? And and every decision you make with money, it's those, what are those hidden costs? What mm -hmm. do I need to know about it? And, and how do I wisely spend mm -hmm. So that I am able to live. Absolutely. You know, and when you're a student, then you throw in the fact that you probably are going to have student loans when Absolutely. you leave yep. and that you, you know, are going to need to look for a house or you want to start a family or mm -hmm. you, you know, there's lots of ways for your money to go out and right. you've got to figure out how you're taking care of that, not right. just what you're bringing in. Exactly. Either. See what you're, you're exactly right. And, and what has to happen uh, which is often difficult, is the plan has to come first. Mm -hmm. We have to have like a plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can start to fill that in now. Mm -hmm. You know, people have some idea of what they want to do professionally. Not everyone knows, right. right? But you have some idea. And their average is associated with it, mm -hmm. right? If people want to go into graphic design or nursing or medicine or a whole host of things, journalism. Right. There's some averages in terms mm -hmm. of what entry amounts would be, so on and so forth. And you can start to say, well, I'll likely have this much. And I'll likely have to pay taxes because mm -hmm. that's our business partner, yep. Yep. right? Our local, yep. federal, and state. Um, yep. And then how much is kind of left over? And how much can I allocate to a car and housing? And by the way, you've got to have a life. You have to buy some clothes. Yeah. You, it has to be you gotta kind of eat. You got to yeah. eat, right? <laughs> and um, if we have that plan first, it's much easier to make decisions, yeah. right? And to do the trade off. But what happens is, a car is kind of a fixed cost. Once mm -hmm. you sign a contract, you're in yeah. for that period of time. And it's not a lot of wiggling around that, mm -hmm. that you can do. So we got to have that plan before we jump into those fixed costs. Right. And the same thing happens with housing, mm -hmm. whether we're renting or whether we're, um, you know, buying a home. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, and the other thing is, is, to, is to acknowledge what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a young person, uh, you know, how it looked mattered a lot. It still matters, yeah. right? Yep. How it sounds matters, right? How it does all these kind of different things. Um, but if you juxtap if you put that in a framework of how does it affect how the financial independence that you're going to have, mm -hmm. then it's much easier to say, you know what? I don't need that characteristic. Yeah, I'll take these three, but I can part with those mm -hmm. two, and I'll be okay. Yeah, right. 
I could stay here and talk with you about this forever because it's it's fascinating and it's also, you know, there's so much to it. So maybe we can have you back on to talk a little more because we are about to run out of time. Um, are there any thoughts that you want to leave our students with just in terms of, you know, what are some things to keep in mind now as you're a student and you're facing, you know, some of these financial decisions that come up? You know? I would say um, two, two things, um, which is uh, try your best to start your own personal financial plan now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different iterations, a lot yeah. of apps that are out there that, that people have access to. Mm-hmm. Really try to start doing that now and to tweak it. Um, because it, it comes hot and heavy yeah. once you graduate. Mm-hmm. The second piece I would say is try your best not to compare yourselves to other people mm-hmm. because we can see um, possession, right? but we can't see ownership. right? So when, when you look at someone you know, who's, who's, who's driving a particular car or living a particular place or doing mm-hmm. those things, it's very easy to finance a facade. Yeah. It's very easy to own things that we can't really or to have things that we yeah. can't really afford because those will motivate us to mm-hmm. get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. And sometimes you have a person who is, you know, maybe a first generation college person um, versus versus somebody who's super well capitalized, wealthy. Right. They can afford to absorb certain mistakes much more than others. So try your best not to compare yourself to other people and always remember that you can't see ownership. Mm-hmm. You don't know if that person is paying like a thousand dollar car note right. and thirty five percent to have that yeah. really shiny car, yeah. right? Um, you don't know if the person who who took that trip to Bali, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of that for, on Instagram and whatnot the, yeah. now. Yeah. Um, spent seventeen thousand mm-hmm. dollars on a credit card that's paying twenty eight percent. Right. We, we don't want to compare ourselves to, mm-hmm. to people like that. We want to start with what our plan is and right. they have time. Start to create it and tweak it mm-hmm. uh, over time. Um, and then I'll and then, you know, next year I'll be publishing a book on this very subject. And oh, I'll, nice. It will help provide a lot of context on that. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming in and talking with us, Sean. I really I appreciate the expertise and and you know, kind of digging down deep into something that really helps kind of focus that whole idea of managing your mm-hmm. money and taking care of things and trying to do that in 20 or 25 minutes of time is, <laughs> is a big task. So I appreciate your taking it on. Um, if you want to find out more um, about Sean and his things, certainly look on goodstewardliving.com. Yep, and, that's right. uh you have a, a book out that people might be interested to called The Black Tax, The Cost of Being Black in America. Yeah. So I uh, look at the at the discrimination from mm-hmm. a different perspective, mm-hmm. not an emotional perspective or a mor- moral perspective. It's more of is there a cost associated with it? Right. Because if there is, then that cost affects stewardship, ownership, and legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and let's kind of look and see what research says as opposed to having these kind of qualitative discussions. Great. Well, thanks again for being with us. Just uh, for all of you who have been listening in, thanks for sticking with us during our first season of Gavin Grow. Um, 
We already have started work on the spring semester and have another whole slate of information, uh, things coming to you, talking about how to make you a more successful student. I hope that if you're listening in before break, you have a really good finals and good break. And if you have some time over break, listen to some of our episodes that you might have missed during the fall season and then join us back again in January. And one last thing, I just want to say a big thank you to Pete Puccio, our engineer, because he's made this whole thing really easy for me, and uh, I appreciate that work. So for Gavin Grow, I'm Mary Beth Griffin, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>